Uh, and of course, that's kind of who the Lord made me is to answer that question. You know, I want to know why, you know, well, Lord, why did you do things the way you did them? I, when I read the scriptures, I, I talk to the Lord about stuff like that. Lord, why'd you do it that way? Why'd you do it that particular way? Why was it important to do it that way? And, and then you get down, you get buried in a rabbit path, you know, somewhere down the road. And, and then, you know, maybe you'll come up for air and, and find the answer. And, and then, um, uh, but the journey of, of trying to find the answer to that question is, is helpful, I think. So, um, so, um, so I've been enjoying uh, uh, Dr. Yeoman's books here. And so, of course, she'd been long, uh, long ago, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, but they said even when she was in her 80s, she was just as spry and just, you know, always a life of the party. And just, uh, uh, I think, uh, Lester Summerall had a, had a good relationship with her over the years. And, and uh, she was uh, always his elder. And uh, he looked up to her a lot. And so um, it's nice to see people. Uh, as they progress in the ministry, you know, get better. And and, um, uh, and she ended up teaching, I think, at, uh, I think it was Amy Simple McPherson's school for many years toward the end of her life there. So, um, so why don't we pray and we'll thank the Lord for the word today and get started. And so, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we come to it humbly, uh, requesting that your spirit reveal and teach and instruct, Father, that we have no ability to come to your word with our intellect and our education. But, Father, we come as humble servants of the Lord, uh, depending upon the Spirit of God to reveal and to grant unto us revelation of your word. And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. I think we finished up chapter 7 last week as far as the, uh, the text goes. Chapter 7, she was talking about uh, Hezekiah's uh, the sickness that he had and also about Timothy's sickness that he had. And the, the point being made... Uh, really in that chapter was that our faith does not need to be in natural things as far as supernatural faith, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and that really should help us because, you know, today, you know, we don't, we're not so much involved in natural remedies, and that doesn't mean that they don't exist or do exist, but, you know, society as, as, uh, as a whole, uh, with the medical profession, you know, we depend upon the medical profession for natural remedies for things, and you can find natural remedies, you know, outside the medical profession as well. But our faith needs to be in, in the Lord. Amen. And, and, and so even if you're taking, whether you're taking medicine from prescribed from a doctor or you're doing some natural remedies that you might know about, um, you know, always be cautious about everything that you do, because whether it's your doctor or natural remedy, you know, uh, there are people who say things that they, they make, make, make them up, right? They're not true. Uh, but regardless of what you do, you should do it in faith of the Lord, that, Lord, this is going to do what it's supposed to do. And so your faith is always in the Lord. It's not in these things, right? I have no faith and confidence in anything a doctor says or anything that, uh, that uh, somebody says that this does, you know, this works for you or, you know, that's some natural remedy. My faith is never in those things. Even if I do those things, my faith is not in those things. I may do them because, well, this is supposed to work. And, uh, and the reason why is because all of the medical profession and even natural remedies are, I believe they're granted to us from the Lord as a mercy, right? As, as something that requires no spiritual faith to do if you just follow the directions. You know, most of the time, if you just follow the, what the bottle says or what, what, the, uh, what the requirements are, you know, it, it'll do generally what it's supposed to do. And so it doesn't re really require any spiritual faith to follow those. So we should always add spiritual faith along with anything we do like that. If, if we're intelligent, well, I think we are, we should always add spiritual faith to whatever we do in this natural world. So if we if we go to the doctor and the doctor says do this, 
then, well, we should do that, but we should add our faith to it. Lord, this is going to do what it's, what it's supposed to do. And, and the doctor, uh, uh, if I follow his instructions, then the results will be what the doctor said they would be in the best case. As opposed, you know, because doctors will always say, well, if you do this, you got a, you know, 12% chance, you know, this will happen or that'll happen, right? Because, you know, they, they're generally required to tell you all the possible ramifications of doing whatever, the surgery or, you know, this or that. And, and, um, you know, I had somebody talking to me just the other day about, you know, they're, they're under pressure about what to do. They, they need surgery or the, or the doctor has recommended surgery, but what should they do? Uh, and, you know, I think part of that is because they don't have any faith in the doctor, which you shouldn't have faith in the doctor. You have faith in the Lord, right? Our faith is spiritual, right? It's from, in the spiritual realm. So our faith is in the Lord. Uh, and then if the peace of God uh, says to go get the surgery, then go get the surgery. But your faith is in the Lord, not in the doctor, his ability, his skill, his talent, his experience. Your faith is in the Lord. And, and that's really, I think, the point of this chapter is regardless of, of what we do in the natural realm, you know, I believe God's best and highest is we obtain healing 100% by faith. I believe it's God's best, but, but the Lord was kind enough to grant us a wide spectrum of ways to obtain healing, right? All the way from just purely natural means, uh, all the way to purely spiritual means, right? And then really everything in between. And I think the deal with, uh, uh, with uh, Timothy uh, was more along the natural realm, right? But then we see examples like with Hezekiah where uh, Isaiah got a supernatural word from the Lord about what to do. So there was the supernatural gifts of the Lord in operation there, but he still used a natural thing with the figs there to, uh, to, to help him get over the sickness and disease. Uh, and we see that a lot of times in the word of God where there's some natural thing that the Lord requires us to do along with receiving supernatural healing. Uh, whether it's Naaman going in, in the River Jordan or Hezekiah with, with, the, uh, with, the, uh, with the figs or the children of Israel looking at the brass serpent or the, the, um, uh, the ten lepers to go towards the priest, right? And sometimes Jesus spit on people. Sometimes he put, he's put mud on their eyes. So that it's not unusual to, to see a natural thing occur along with the supernatural healing. Uh, and it seems to be that... Uh, uh, you know, it's never it, it never says anywhere in the word when those things are going on that that's the natural thing that's providing healing. Um, you know, uh, uh, when Elisha told Naaman to go to the River Jordan, he never said the River Jordan special. It's got special curative powers. You know, it uh, cures all the lepers that go into it. I mean, uh, in fact, Jesus said all those lepers were in Israel. There was no lepers cleansed. They you know, you know, they went to the River Jordan for something right on occasion uh, and none of them was ever healed. Uh, there's no record of any Israelite being healed of leprosy uh, other than, you know, with Moses when he put his hand in, in his uh, cloak and, and brought it back out. But that wasn't really sickness. It was just a, it was a sign and a wonder. But there's no no there's, there were no Israelites ever healed of leprosy until Jesus showed up. Uh, and and yet the River Jordan was there all along. Right. So no one ever said that the, the cure was in the thing. Uh, but those things were often used. Right. So make sure that your faith, if, you know, and the Lord may lead you. He may lead you to do something, right? For you, you know, you need eight hours of sleep. Uh, that may be for you, right? There's no book, chapter, and verse for that. So that's a word spoken for you. Uh, uh, and so do that thing, right? But your, but your faith is in the Lord. Then, Lord, if I do this, then you're going to provide me with, with, the re, with the result that I desire. And so, so I think that was the, really the whole point of the chapter is make sure 
that we apply our faith in the correct place, right? Don't elevate natural things above God. Don't elevate natural things as a panacea, right? Uh, keep them where they're at. Uh, and uh, I believe the Lord has given, to them, given them to us because he's merciful, right? Some people don't have any faith. Some people have no faith. They just hope for the best. They go to the doctor and just uh, hope it works, right? Uh, and they've got no faith at all. And so uh, in many times, they don't need faith in particular. It would be better to have faith because you can minimize side effects, right, and all those other things. But, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that have been done over the years, like all the kind of the miracle drugs from penicillin on, you know, uh, to get rid of things that were... Um, used to devastate entire civilizations. And now, I mean, when was the last time you heard somebody have polio, for example, right? Uh, so there's been a lot of great things that have occurred uh, over the years. So, uh, and I thank God for that, amen. So we're not against the medical profession. We're not against doctors or hospitals or, you know, uh, I feel like we're on the same side, but at the same time, I w I'd be okay if, if uh, everybody gets healed to the point uh, supernaturally that uh, they all go out of business, right? Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, and then we'll believe God that uh, Miss Sandra get a better job somewhere else, right? And so, uh, and, and the Lord would do that, right? He would, he would, he wouldn't just leave them all on the side of the street, right? So, um, and so, so uh, we're ready for, to answer some questions. Um, and so, uh, she had talked about this. We didn't talk as much about this uh, as she talked about in her book, uh, but she said any means ever used in the Bible had no healing virtue in them, uh, whatever. And I think the reason why she said that, and you know, and I agree with that from the standpoint that they never said uh, in any time that these things were, were employed along with supernatural healing, it was never emphasized that it's the thing that's providing healing, right? Uh, they would do that. Uh, and so uh, her summary of that is they were only used as a test of, of what? What are the two reasons why they were used? Faith and obedience. And, and I think that's a big part of it because I think the, probably one of the best examples of that are the 10 lepers, right? Where the Lord said, go do this. And if they had never done that, if they never went on the way to the, to the priests, they would have never been healed. Uh, and so as they went, they were healed. And so that was a, a really, because sometimes in faith, you know, uh, most of the time faith can be done by word only, right? Just say the word only. But sometimes faith has to be done by action as well. Um, to, uh, and, and there's something about that that the Lord desires us to, to do something. And, and so you have to find out in your path what it is the Lord wants you to do, right? Uh, and, and so, and I think we talked about it in, in some cases where there was a woman that uh, was sick and the Lord said, well, and he gave her a vision that when your praise uh, balances out, you know, your, your uh, was it her sickness? Uh, when those two balance back out, then you'll be healed. Uh, and so, uh, so for her, the obedience of, of doing that praise uh, is what brought her uh, the healing, right? Uh, and so, uh, so uh, sometimes the Lord uh, needs us to, to, um, to have faith and obedience. And it's just like the same thing with the laying on of hands, right? So we lay hands on people and there's no, there's no inherent curative power to anybody's hands, right? There's no... Nobody has the ability, regardless of what they say, to heal anybody by laying hands. You know, they don't have any capacity to do that. And yet the Lord instructs us to lay hands on the sick, right? Uh, but we do that in obedience to his word. Uh, and as we do that, as we're obedient to do that, then the power of God that resides in us will be transferred from, from our spirits into, into their physical bodies to affect the healing and the cure. 
but there's no inherent curative powers in our hands, right? Uh, and yet we still do it because we're going to be obedient, right? Uh, and um, uh, she had talked to many doctors in that time, and there was a, there was a uh, especially back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a lot of snake oil stuff going on, right? A lot of, hey, this is a, a, a path to, you know, to cure everything. A lot of times it would just be castor oil or something like that, right? Anybody remember castor oil, right? Uh, uh, that cured everything, right? Uh, anybody taking castor oil nowadays? Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, well, it probably, yeah, I mean, so it has, I mean, it has a certain effects, right? Uh, but, I mean, we would take it for, you know, liver disease and brain disease and, you know, everything, and, and, um, and of course, it didn't really do any of that stuff. You know, you remember, um, you know, Vaseline, right? You know, it's called petroleum jelly, and people used to eat it like jelly. They'd put it on bread, right, and eat it because they were told that this cures everything, right? And now we, all we know is it just makes everything slippery, right? And, and so now it, make all, it may make all your insides slippery, but back in the day when it was first came around, it was, you know, uh, because, you know, you think about how far we've come in the medical world. We actually know things now, and I mean, but we still don't know all there is to know. We think we do, but we don't, I mean, you know. Uh, go cure a headache, right? But, um, uh, and so things like petroleum jelly, people used to eat that. You know, uh, Coca-Cola, you know, the, the, one of the main ingredients of Coca-Cola, you know why it's called Coke? It was literally made with cocaine. They, you, you would go and get, and it, w- it was sold as, as a medicinal thing, right? Go and drink a glass of Coca-Cola. Well, you know, if you drink a glass of co- Coca-Cola with cocaine being laced into it, you'd feel pretty good, right? You know, I, I assume you would anyway. I don't know if that's from experience, but I'm assuming you... Uh, when, you're, when I was at Disney World, I was back in probably the 80s, um, I went on the, the magic saucer ride and got very naughty. <laughs> so they had me in line, and everybody else, we had been on Space Mountain or the, the magic saucer, and we're all like ready to throw up. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it, uh, it, it's not the cocaine, but it had the, the Coca-Cola syrup has a right. settles your stomach. Yep. And you drink it, and then they put you in this little, uh, you know, with the, the sliding curtain. And well, then they said, in 20 minutes, you're going to feel better. So it's like 20 minutes to the second. They really? Down, yeah. And then you get up, and you're fine. Well, there you go. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, down to the science. Yeah. Um, well, a hundred years ago, you'd take Coca-Cola with, uh, you know, cocaine in it, and, and you wouldn't feel anything, I'm sure. So, um, uh, and I do thank God for, for how much we've learned in the area of science, you know. Uh, and it's not just with big pharmacy, you know, even just, you know, natural remedies. People have actually been able to do some uh, real-world tests and find things out, you know, no doubt. But a hundred years ago, they were throwing darts at the wall and just, you know, let's take cocaine, see if that helps, right? And, um, and of course, morphine, right? You know, morphine, they just used to give you like, give you like crazy, right? And so, um, so there's a lot of things, you know, I, I, I'm thankful, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of a his, history buff, and I always like to read about medical history because it's insane, right? Uh, you know, we just, oh, let's try that, and people, 10 people would die. You know, probably shouldn't do that anymore, you know? I mean, it'd be like, you know, they would just try things and go read about the history of how they found out the different blood types, right? A and B and you know, it actually was A, B, and C, right? There was no O positive uh, blood. It was C, and then they, for whatever reason, they changed it to O. 
Uh, but the reason they found that out is because they said, well, you know, we're losing blood. Let's go get it from Bob, you know. And, and it worked. You know, they just happened to, you know, blind squirrel uh, medicine, right? It worked the first time, right? Well, then we could just get blood from anybody. And, and the next time they go, they turn blue after three days and die. And like, well, I mean, it worked with Bob. How come not Fred? You know, maybe Fred's got bad blood. I don't know, you know. And it took them a while to figure out that there were different blood types and you can't just mix and match, you know. And, and then they figure out, well, this one works for that one, but that one doesn't work for this one. And it's complicated. But the history of all that is, is I'm glad we live today, you know, where it's like, well, you know, because they used to like use pig blood, you know. I mean, blood's blood, right? So let's get pig blood, you know. And after a while, you, you, you start oinking and, and, and you start smelling like bacon and, and, then, um, and then you die. And it's like, well, note to self, don't you... Does she really? A, B, negative? Well, there you go. So we're not going to give her... Well, we're not going to give her any pig blood, you know. So, uh, uh, And so uh, I thank God that, you know... But we still don't know everything, right? I mean, we don't know... What causes cancer, you know, as far as, you know, why, why this person? You know, we know a few things, some hints, but, um, you know, we don't know how to cure it. And, and uh, someday they'll probably figure out how to just give you a pill and cure it. But there's a lot of things, you know, they don't know what causes that. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, uh, neuro diseases, muscular dystrophy and those types of things, they don't really know a whole lot about them. Um, and, um, you know, they're doing research, and, and I guess they'll figure out some of those things. And they may figure out a lot of those things in our lifetime. Uh, and be able to solve a lot of them reliably and without killing everybody in the process, right? But, um, uh, and so, that, and so that's why my faith is in the Lord, because it always works, right? My faith in, uh, and I'm not, you know, when I say I have no faith in Him, it's not, a, it's not that I distrust the medical field. It's just my faith is not in them. My faith is in the Lord, right? And if I go to the doctor, and I have, uh, my faith is still in the Lord. I listen to what the doctor says. And then, uh, you know, um, uh, if I'm going to the doctor, then I'll do what the doctor says to do, unless it's something that would violate my faith or whatever. Uh, well, quit going to church, you know, that you need to get as much rest as you can. That ain't going to happen, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, her point was that all these paths of natural medicine, uh, and she listed them, allopaths and homeopaths, natural paths, they all lead to where? They all lead to the grave, right? I mean, you can do whatever you want to in the natural realm. And a lot of people are, are even, especially, you know, these billionaires are all trying to do these super, you know, crazy regimens of, of like even having transfusions of, of blood from younger people because they think it's going to cause them to live forever. And they're all going to die. Everyone's going to die. Uh, and uh, there is a chance somebody will figure out why we die because nobody really knows why we die, right? Uh, our bodies are designed to regenerate every seven years or so. And scientists don't, I mean, they, they have some hints of what's got something to do with the ends of the, the uh, chromosomes, and, uh, but they don't know why, they still don't know why we die. And well, it's, it's this little thing called sin is why, you know, the, the, our bodies give out. Uh, will they be able to figure it out? You know, there's a chance they could get it figured out because prior to uh, Noah, people lived to be a thousand years old. It was not unusual for people to live, you know, hundreds of years old, right, until, until the days of Noah. And then after Noah and... Um, the flood, then, then you see, you can kind of plot it. You can even look at, you know, over a, several generations, it kind of uh, uh, shortened our lives until we got to about what Jesus, or what the Lord said in, in Genesis chapter 6, where he said that the, that the length of man's life shall be 120 years. And so really that's kind of been our limit since that time. 120 years is about what you hear the most long-lived person will ever live on the earth. Uh, and nobody's gotten past that, right? And there's nobody living uh, past that. In fact, most people don't even make it to that. Uh, and so I believe you can have faith to live to be 120, 
but you can't really have any faith beyond that because the, the word of God limits that right now. Now, the Lord may you may be able to negotiate with the Lord something beyond that. That's between you and him. Uh, but you can't have faith for that. Right. You can only have faith. The maximum you could have faith for, I believe, is 120. Uh, and so um, uh, but all the natural methods are going to lead to the grave. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, question number three was the Israelites placed their chief reliance for healing on what? There's three things. Prayers, sacrifices, and offerings, right? Fortunately, we don't have to do the last two, right? Uh, we don't have to do any sacrificing, no murdering of mammals or anything like that. It's required in our part in the New Testament. Uh, but in the Old Testament, they, they prayed to the Lord, did sacrifices and offerings uh, to the Lord. Uh, and, and, and really, um, we are in the same boat in the New Testament, but our sacrifice and offerings were completed by the Lord Jesus, right? So there were still sacrifices and offerings done, but he did them on our behalf, so... Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, you hear that a lot of times. People, you know, get to be eighty, ninety, a hundred years old, and we think, wow, they're so long lived. And then, you know, on a rare occasion, you hear somebody one hundred and ten years old, and um, you know, that was so that if they lived that they were born, you know, around World War One, right? Uh, and so. Um, uh, but anybody ever heard anybody living to be 150 years old? Uh, I did hear a story of some lady. They think that she lived to be 130, 140 years old, but they suspicious, they're suspicious that it was really the daughter of the mother uh, that uh, she was in France or something like that, and they think that she just took over her mother's um, uh, identity, right? Because back then, you know, you, you couldn't, you know, it wasn't as was like today where you got DNA and all that, um, and so... Uh, they're suspicious that she really didn't do that. And so in modern times, we've not heard of anybody living that old, right? Uh, and I don't believe you will because the, the Word of God puts a limit on that. Um, and, and even when the Word of God says 120, you know, if you live to be 120 in six days, that doesn't mean the Word of God is not true. It's still true, right? Uh, it, it never means it to three decimal places because a lot of times the Lord says everybody's doing this. Well, everybody's not doing that, you know, but most people are, right? So... Um, so you could probably live to be 120 and a half, maybe 121. I don't know. Uh, but I, I would be uh, really surprised if I've ever heard anybody that lived uh, significantly past that. And so um, so she said, if medical science were God's chosen way of meeting our needs and sickness, it would not be so what? She gave, yeah, she gave four four adjectives, right? Uncertain, unreliable, fluctuating and what? changing right uh especially that last one i mean uh what it's 2021 so is caffeine good for you this year or not good for you this year right uh what about scrambled eggs or scrambled eggs good for you this year or not good for you this year right uh, uh yeah butter you know butter used to you gonna kill you now it's like you know butter's not really so bad right yeah what's that yeah yeah you got to eat margarine you can't eat butter to kill you right now they're kind of like well you know butter's not so bad it's kind of natural right and margarines you know uh, and uh, and so and that's the thing, you know, people put so much faith in the medical industry. It's like, well, just wait a year. Something will change, right? I mean, when they came out with the COVID-19 shots, you never, never have to do anything again, you know, and, and after like, oh, you know, this last about, we we're kind of run by only three months, you know, four months in some cases, like get a booster shot. Well, what happened to the, you know, you said it was going to cure everything, right? And now you got to get a booster shot. And I, and I have no problem with that, except that that's not the story you told me a year ago. A year ago, you said, you know, you do this, no more masks and no more anything. And, you know, now the story keeps changing and. Uh, and why? Because that's the way it's always going to be, right? You know, they come up and say, 
Uh, and it's very rare that you get something that is very, uh, works very well, uh, like a polio shot or something like that, that uh, and tuberculosis, right? Anybody know anybody's got tuberculosis? I mean, nobody gets tuberculosis anymore. And so there are some things that are very successful and, and long-lasting and lasting, but, uh, uh, you know, when they, when they only have a year to test something and they, and they promise this is going to be 100% effective, I mean, it may be effective, but they don't know. I mean, you know, because these other ones, they test them for years, right? And so, and I understand the need for it because they needed to get it done quickly and, and all that's fine, but um, that's why I don't believe anything. I don't, it's not that I disbelieve them. My faith is always in the Lord, right? Uh, and so... Um, because it, it is uncertain, it is unreliable, it is fluctuating, and it is changing. And so, uh, and then question number five says, we have the plain statement of the scriptures that the Lord himself is what? The healer of the people, right? So where does our faith reside? It resides in the Lord, right? Uh, and uh, go to the doctors if you need to, no problem with that, right? We would never condemn anybody, would never make anybody feel like they're less of a person. Um, you know, really, uh, my thoughts are, live to fight another day. Uh, amen. So if you're not getting help uh, through your own faith, go to the doctor. I mean, no problem at all, right? Go to the doctor and, and get what you need. Uh, and then uh, after you're well, then go back and talk to the Lord about it. And say, Lord, you know, what was the deal? Was there something I was doing wrong or something I need to do better or something I need to do different? You know, but at least stay alive long enough to ask that question. Because uh, some people, well, I'm going to go do this or die. Well, that's great. You know, not everybody can say that and be successful, right? Some people can. I'm going to do this or die. Okay, that's fine, you know. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, just be careful about uh, being that way, right? Uh, know that you can do that. And so, um, uh, and so we, we want to find the, the, the right path of these things. So uh, that finishes up chapter 7. And then um, in chapter 8, he talks about the curse of the law. Uh, and um, it, it's funny because I've heard at least parts of uh, this poem that uh, she wrote. And a lot of the chapters, she starts with a poem, right, that the Lord gave her, just a, a, a poem and uh, that uh, uh, it's really, you know, uh, the Ephesians talks about uh, singing with grace in your hearts with psalm spiritual, uh, uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And the Lord uh, desires to give, give us supernatural psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And, uh, you know, if you'll allow the Lord just in your time of prayer with him and praising him oftentimes he will give you uh, psalms to sing right that, that are that are supernatural that come from heaven uh, and so she did this many times in her book and so this one uh, she wrote it down for us and she said uh, christ redeemed me from the curse of the law as he hung in that shameful tree and all that is worse is contained in the curse and jesus has set me free not under the curse not under the curse jesus has set me free for sickness, I've health, for poverty, wealth, since Jesus has ransomed me. Christ paid the price of the broken law. He paid the whole price for me. God saw not one spot, one blemish or blot in the lamb that was slain for me. Do not abide in the ancient days ere the lamb was slain. Take that which was given as freely as heaven and joined in the glad uh, refrain. Uh, and so I've heard that one phrase in there for sickness of health, for poverty, wealth, since Jesus has ransomed me. Uh, and um, I've heard that many times. I don't know the source of it. Now we know that it was uh, Dr. Yeoman's uh, a, uh, a hymn that the Lord had given to her. Uh, and so. Uh, so then she talks about Deuteronomy chapter 28. And, you know, the, the problem with the, in the Bible is that it'll give you some 
name of some sick, sickness and disease. And she lists uh, several on here, right? She says uh, uh, these are the specific diseases listed in Deuteronomy 28. One is blindness. Uh, one is botch. Anybody have any idea what botch is? Uh, she said that it might be leprosy, but it could just be botch, whatever that is, right? It sounds itchy, uh, but we don't know what it is, right? Uh, and so um, uh, because... You know, the Bible is not a medical book. There's no definition uh, that we got from Moses of what botch was. And so we just kind of have to guess. Right. Uh, and then consumption uh, and consumption uh, is uh, probably a pretty good guess that it was tuberculosis. Right. Because people get tuberculosis would be consumed and they would no longer be able to breathe and and they would end up dying. And and um, uh, and of course, in her time still, this is the early 1900s, tuber tuberculosis had not been cured, right? Anybody know when tuberculosis was cured? When they found that, because it, it turns out it was like a, uh, wasn't a, a bacterial infection and it, and it was fairly. Was it a, so was it a, uh, was it a um, I don't know if it was a viral uh, infection or if it's a, a, a bacterial infection, but I think it was a bacterial infection. Uh, but anyway, uh, they found the cure for it, right? And they started giving the vaccines for it. And now it's just almost wiped off the face of the earth, right? But in her time, though, when she was writing this book, it was still a major, you know, a major uh, uh, sickness, right? Uh, extreme burning. Uh, she thinks that was talking about acute inflammation. Fever, inflammation, uh, probably arthritis, uh, just the itch, just just the incurable form of the itch, right? Uh, you ever had an incurable form of the itch? I don't think I've had, so. Uh, madness, pestilence, and the scab, right? We don't even know what that is, but it doesn't sound very nice at all, right? And then um, uh, we're, uh, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy and look at the end of the uh, chapter 28. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, so in t chapter 28, you know, it starts off with all the blessings and then, then it uh, switches over to all the curses of the law. And then it kind of uh, finishes up uh, in verse 60 here. It is moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases in Egypt, which uh, thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law. Then will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. And we know, so that's part of the curse, right? Uh, and we know that because of the way the Hebrew language was written, that uh, really if, if they had, had better ways to write it, they would have said that the Lord would allow these things to come upon you. And it's not even that the Lord allows them. It, it, you, you know, you need to look at the Old Testament from a standpoint of, uh, especially chapter 28 here, that it was a warning from the Lord. So it wasn't a threat. A lot of people read these as threats. If you do this, I'm going to do these things to you. And it was really that that was not the intention of it. The intention was you stay inside the covenant because your safety and protection and blessing and, and healing inside my covenant. Uh, if you get outside my covenant, you are out on the territory of the enemy where he has legal right to do anything in your life that he wants to do. If you leave my covenant, he has a legal right to do whatever he wants to do in your life. And here are some of the things that will happen to you if you leave my covenant, if you are disobedient to my covenant. And so that's what he lists 28. And if you'll see that uh, in the Old Testament, in that light, that makes everything consistent all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God didn't change when Jesus came on the earth. He was still the Lord who was our healer. Uh, and so, so these things are really warnings that here are the ramifications of you stepping outside of my covenant. They're very dangerous and they're serious because 
Jesus hadn't come yet. He hadn't uh, uh, defeated the devil yet and, and recovered the uh, authority from the earth back from him yet until uh, the resurrection. So, uh, but the part here uh, is where it says that, uh, um, uh, that every disease not written in the book of the law. So uh, how many diseases would that cover? All diseases, right? So in Deuteronomy 28, it basically says that all sickness and all disease is part of the curse. So there's no place for there to be God using sickness and disease to help you because it's all part of the curse. And if Jesus didn't really redeem us from the curse, then why would he redeem us from the curse, but also use the curse to help us? Then, then there was no need for Jesus to come. He shouldn't have come as effectively as he did come. Maybe he should only hung in the tree for an hour if he was only going to cover some of the curses, right? Uh, but no, he's here, he redeemed us from all of the curse of the law. So if the word here says that every sickness and every plague, which is not written here, is part of this curse, then we've been redeemed from every sickness and every disease. Uh, and to me, that's pretty simple, right? I mean, that, that's pretty sound logic. And yet that simple logic is lost on much of the church that they will still tell you many times, well, God is using this sickness for me, right? God is going to use uh, the sickness to help teach me patience or help teach me uh, kindness or help keep me humble or whatever it is, right? All of it's absurd because all of it, uh, all the curse, all the sickness and disease is part of the curse. Uh, and so... Uh, she made this little side journey, and I thought it was an interesting little note here um, that uh, uh, there was Frederick the Great from Prussia. This is long before Russia was a country. Uh, once said to his chaplain, he said, prove to me in one word that the Bible is a divine revelation. And I thought the, the chaplain's answer was pretty good. He said, the Jew, your majesty, right? I mean, the Jews, despite how we've tried to wipe them off the face of the earth for centuries from the first time they took a breath, right? Uh, we've tried to destroy them. Uh, not we personally. I'm not trying to hurt anybody at all, right? But, uh, uh, but the world has tried to destroy the nation of Israel, right? And one of the most interesting reads is go read the nation of Israel and their history after they became a nation in 1948 and all the people that attacked them. I mean, they, uh, the ink wasn't even dry on the treaty and they were attacked, right? And uh, in a, at 100 to 1 odds and they, they beat everybody, right? And, and every time they beat somebody, they'd take more back of the land of Israel and all the stuff they talk about you know, the, the occupied territory. Well, they didn't start it, right? Somebody attacked them and they won and they, they took their land. That was really, was originally part of the land of Israel anyway. And now it's mad at them. Well, you've got to give it back. Well, they shouldn't have attacked us to begin with, right? Don't, it's not on me, it's on them, right? You go talk to them. Uh, and, and people forget history, right? Well, well, how do they get all of this, quote, occupied territory, which is not occupied territory. It belongs to the nation of Israel by the, by the Lord God himself. Uh, and... It's like, uh, well, we got that because that guy over there tried to attack us and destroy us. And we just like, well, we're going to take your land after we beat you up. Uh, and we didn't start it, but uh, we're going to finish it. Right. Uh, and they did every single time. So uh, and so the Jews are a great uh, uh, example of divine revelation. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, and and really, you can look at the fact that just because the nation of Israel still exists today, uh, that it just shows the faithfulness of God. He said that they're his chosen people. You know, they've never not been his chosen people. Even after Jesus came, they're still his chosen people. And I don't understand all the ramifications of that sometimes. You know, the book of Romans has got some things to say about that. And even, of course, the end time events have got a lot to say about that. 
and how that fits perfectly in line with the, with the church. I don't know all about that. I do know that regardless if they're his chosen people or not, they don't get an automatic ride to heaven. They still have to accept the Lord Jesus because it was always the design of the Lord that the Jewish nation were going to be the caretakers of the gospel, right? That was always the plan. It wasn't that he was going to have the Jews for a while and then kick them to the curb and then have a church for a while. It was always, I mean, uh, what nation did all the, the, the 12 apostles come from? They were all Israelites, right? They're all Jews, right? He didn't just go, well, we're going to get, you know, diversity wasn't a, wasn't a high in priority on the Lord's list. Now, today it's like, well, we have to have diversity. It's like, well, no, we're all going to be Jews, right? Uh, and so they were all Jews, and, and the whole gospel was spread by Jews, but it was never spread by the authority of the Jewish nation, right? By, by those in authority, by the Pharisees, Sadducees, the chief priests, the elders. It was never spread by them. It was only spread by the the those who were kicked out of the the synagogue so to speak right uh, and so um, but you can see the Lord's faithfulness that Israel exists right and that just makes some people mad some people, many people hate Israel and even in our country they hate Israel and they don't realize they hate Israel because they hate God um, and so uh, yeah, but you know that's just like the Lord is we're, they're going to live you know yeah, they were uh, I mean there's no uh, uh, anybody heard of the Amalekites, you know? Is there any country called the Amalekites anymore? No, they wiped off the earth and never heard from again, right? Uh, and, uh, about people from Jericho. Anybody from Jericho running around? No, gone, right? Uh, the, uh, and you can go all through the Jebusites and the Amalekites and, you know, all the other ites that, uh, that uh, Joshua took out when he went to the, to the Promised Land. Where are they today? Don't exist. People thought they'd gotten rid of the Jewish nation for centuries, Right. They were just hiding and uh, waiting in, in, the, in the hiding places until the Lord restored them again. And so and they will be here till the end. Amen. Uh, and uh, and you would be foolish. Of course, we're not foolish, but you'd be foolish to to bet against the nation of Israel. Amen. And, and there are people even in our government today still betting against the nation of Israel. Well, we, if we don't support them, they're not going to make it. I mean, you know, uh, the dumbest thing in the world is not read history. Right. Just go read about any of the history of the Jewish nation. And and so. Um, and I'm not big on, you know, all, all the, you know, becoming Jews, you know, but. Um, well, I, yeah, I kind of passed over that since you're over here saying Galatians 3 talks about we're all grafted into the lineage, you know, to the vine. Right, yeah. right. And also the Ashkenazi Jews, which is the Jews of the day, they weren't from the tribe of, from Judah or Israel or all those. They were, um, that came from Shem. They were, um, Ashkenazi Jews were from uh, Jacob. And that's the Jews of today, and it was a small tribe in Turkey, and they migrated or immigrated, I guess the word is, to Russia, and that's how they got that dark curl hair. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to be really careful. I, I mean, I do, I, I do honor the nation of right. Israel. I do in my own, you know, life. But I don't think they're necessarily the descendants of Jacob. And yeah, I don't know. I mean. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm not a big, I mean, we don't blow the so far around here. Yeah, I mean, um, because I think sometimes we, uh, we try to pick up some of the natural things and we start, you know, having Jewish songs and we start blowing the shofars and all those things. Um, and I understand that we as Christians are actually just as much descendants of Abraham because the Bible of Galatians 3.28 says we are children of Abraham, right? So we are actually just as much children of Abraham as any Jews. But, but the physical nation of Israel, the Lord does, I mean, there is something about that physical nation of Israel that the Lord still um, protects and, and still oversees. And, 
like I said, I don't know uh, all about all that, you know, and how that fits everywhere, but he still does, right? Uh, and the evidence is there, and so... Um, yeah, in a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many how many presidents have promised that, and he was the first one to actually do that, you know? And so, uh, because Jerusalem is the capital of, of uh, Israel, it should be the capital of Israel. And yeah, he made some people mad, but you know, uh, it, it was still the right thing to do. And so, um, uh, because uh, there's been no nation that's ever gone against Israel that 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 was better off after that. And you can even look at you know Great Britain after World War II. They kind of uh, through the nation of Israel under the bus, you know, even though they had a treaty and stuff, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. Uh, and, um, you know, you look at the, how uh, the the nation of Great Britain, you know, how they really have have gone downhill slowly over those over the decades since World War Two, since they really turned their back on Israel. And of course, they will say it's all due, due to all a bunch of other reasons. But, you know, follow any nation and, and their their honor, or respect, or, or dishonor, or disrespect uh, towards the nation of Israel, and you can usually map pretty close um, um, ties there and what they've done in relation to Israel. And, 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 but I understand, you know, from, from a spiritual standpoint, we in the church are just as much children of Abraham, really. And in, in one sense, we are more the children of Abraham because the, the seed of Abraham was faith. It was not the natural seed, right? But there's still, you know, on the natural side, there's still something special about the nation of Israel as far as the Lord's concerned. And, uh, and so I kind of le- just leave it at that. It's special. Um, uh, you know, they still have to accept Jesus. I know that. They don't get a buy from that, you know, uh, because they were supposed to be the carriers of the faith. You know, think about how if you grew up as a, as a Jewish person and the knowledge and the training of that heritage and all of that and then became a Christian and how valuable that knowledge and and, and, you know, an understanding of all the blood sacrifices, you know, and how that would really add to your faith as a Christian. You know, that's really was a plan all along that the Lord would would take the lineage of this nation who understood all of the need for this sacrifices and how that need then evaporated by the work of the Lord Jesus. That's why Paul was so so effective as a minister, because he understood those things. Right. He understood the value of of where we came from and where we are today. Now, Paul was not, you know, I mean, he was against circumcision, against sacrifices, you know, against, uh, you know, being concerned about eating meat offered to idols. You know, he didn't care about any of that stuff. Uh, he, he understood. He was the one who wrote that we are the children of Abraham, right? And so, uh, so but you can look at the faithfulness of, of the Lord, right, in, in all those things. And so, um, uh, so the Lord, uh, he doesn't bring curses on anybody. He came to redeem curses, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, and so, uh, but of course, when she wrote this book, the nation of Israel did not exist, right? She wrote this in the early 1900s. Uh, well, with these books were probably a little bit later than that. Uh, but, uh, and I think she did live to see the nation of Israel become uh, a nation. But, um, um, and, and look, you know, I'm not a big teacher on end time events. In fact, I was reading some stuff about uh, the book of Revelation just the other day and how they said 1866 was when everything was going to come to an end. You know, because that was written, you know, back in the early 1800s, right? And, and everything was about the, 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 uh, the, Roman, gov- or the uh, uh, Roman Catholic Church, right? And, and how it's everything. I mean, if you think the, the Roman uh, Catholic Church is the, is the beast, you know, fine. I don't, I'm not going to argue. I don't really know. Uh, but, but they were saying that in 1866, it was all going to come to a head. And I thought that because I've got the book, you know, from it was written way back in the 1800s, right? Prior to 1866. 
And so I just think it's funny how, you know, people, you know, 150 years ago. Oh, yeah, that's the day, 1866. And of course, I mean, who knows? Nobody knows, right? How many people will stand up and just preach? It's exactly this day. And it's like, you know, so mine, I'm just, my faith is I'm going to wait and see. Because it's going to happen regardless if I believe it. If I don't believe it, it's still going to happen, right? So my focus is on how do we live today, which is the epistles, right? Uh, and so maybe one of these days we'll, we'll teach on end time events, but uh, I've got to do a lot more reading and studying before we get to that point. Uh, and so, because, you know, to me, uh, it, uh, it's most important to develop your faith for today because we've got to get that lost and dying world into the church prior to those things starting, right? Uh, and so, uh, so um, all of those things there about the Jews and, and, and so... Uh, and, and I did make a note here about how she does talk a lot about uh, tuberculosis, but um, um, uh, and, and, and how nowadays it's gone. But she did make a point that uh, saying that even if it could be completely stamped out. So it, when she wrote that, it had been completely stamped out. It was still a, a scourge in society. Uh, tuberculosis was. And she said, even if it could be completely stamped out, so long as sin remains, it would inevitably be followed by sickness of some sort or other, which is true, right? Uh, you remember in the 80s when AIDS came out? You got AIDS in the 80s, you died. There, were no, there was no cure, right? There's still not a cure for it, but they can minimize its effect on people. But I remember when AIDS came out, I mean, it was, it was such a huge deal because, I mean, you got AIDS, months later, you're dead, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, and, you know, they haven't got a cure for it, but they're getting close to a cure for it. But it, even if they cure it, Tomorrow, there'll be something else. I mean, there was no COVID-1973, uh, right? And we got COVID-19. Uh, and, and I know there was SARS and some other things, but there was no COVID in, 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 the, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, and if they cure COVID, if, if they really do finally get a, a, a decent uh, vaccine that works permanently uh, for COVID, then there'll be something else show up, you know? So I'm not in fear about it. It's just the natural way of sin right because sin and death go together in fact uh, uh, she mentions um, James 1 15 it says that when when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin and when and sin when it is finished brings forth death and she made a, a what I thought is a good statement she said disease is death begun all right so uh, uh, if disease has its natural course Everybody will die. Now, fortunately, just our natural bodies will, will defeat disease many times, right? A lot of things that uh, uh, you may get a cold or a sniffle or something, and, uh, and your, your body's natural uh, uh, system, the immune system in your body, will, will take care of those things naturally without you really believing God or not believing God. It'll just take care of itself. Uh, but if you had a diminished immune system, uh, you know, people who get a uh, diminished immune system, put them in the bubbles, right? Remember most movies, the bubble boy and the things like that. And they're, they're in a, a controlled environment because one germ would kill them because they have no uh, capacity to, to take care of even the smallest sickness and disease. So all disease is death begun. Uh, and that's why we have the life of God in us to, to combat the, this death, right? Uh, and so... So uh, she went on to say about uh, repeating Deuteronomy 28, 61, about every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law, uh, then the, will the Lord bring on thee. And so, um, uh, and then the comment about if, the, if that verse is true about every sickness and every plague that's not written in the book of the law, then will the Lord bring upon thee. So uh, uh, 
she, she was trying to make the point of why would he write that, you know, these kind of summary verses in verse 60 and 61 about every sickness and every disease. But then also prior to that, uh, why even list any diseases if he can lump them all into this one list, right? So there's no real need to, to list tuberculosis and leprosy and all those things if, but every sickness and every disease is part of the curse anyway. So uh, what's the point of that? And, and this is kind of her opinion, but, uh, you know, I thought it was a reasonable opinion. She was just saying how that, you know, if you see your disease in that list, right, maybe you've got some uh, incurable itch, right, whatever it is, or you've got leprosy or tuberculosis or whatever the thing is. But if you see your, your, your specific disease listed, and I think that's part of the reason also why uh, in the New Testament when Jesus healed them, we knew what the diseases were, right? They were blind or they were deaf or they, were, they couldn't speak or they, you know, had a fever or whatever it is. Uh, they, they listed those particular sickness and diseases. And so part of it is, you know, if you saw your disease listed and that would in, increase your faith about, well, if they got it and got healed, you know, I can get healed. Right. Uh, and so, you know, part of it is just the Lord's kindness to to show us, look, I can take care of this one. I can take care of this one. I can take care of this one. And you go, oh, yeah, well, I've got that. Well, then if he took care of that, he'll take care of me. And then he lists a bunch of them. And he goes, in fact, I'll just take care of all of them. Uh, and so if you don't have that list and you go over here, go, well, he said he'd take care of all of them. So mine's on a list so I can have faith in the all of them part. Right. So it, it's no it's no. Uh, um, uh, it, it's it's it doesn't really matter where your faith is at, whether it's in the specific list over here, at the beginning of the chapter or in the general list there at the end of the chapter that says, I'll take care of everything. Just have faith uh, uh, in what the word and what the Lord said. Right. Uh, and so. So based upon uh, verses 16, 61, how many diseases are included in the curse? Every sickness, every disease, right? So if they're all part of the curse, then have then how much of the curse have we been redeemed from? All of it. So then that would have to tell you just walking around sense that if all sickness and disease is part of the curse and we were redeemed from all of the curse, then we have a right to be healed from how many sickness and diseases? All of them. So there are no sickness and diseases that the Lord has reserved for use uh, of his perfect will to assist us in our spiritual walks, right? He didn't say, well, I'm going to heal you of all diseases, except for this special one over here. If you get this one, you know, just you don't have to live with that one, right? Uh, no, there's none that we're going to have to live with. And so that should increase our faith that, that no matter what comes our way, we have a right and a privilege paid for by the great work of the Lord Jesus to uh, receive healing from that thing, right? Uh, and, and that's where your faith needs to be so strong and secure that uh, if I go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and look at the list there at the beginning of the, the chapter there, kind of uh, halfway through the chapter, and go to the end of the chapter and look at the summary that all the sickness and diseases are there, and then I go to Galatians 3.13, it says, I've been redeemed from the curse, then your faith should be, then, then there's nothing that I can't overcome. There's nothing that I have to live with. There's nothing I have to put up with. And a lot of times you'll hear people, especially as they get older, well, you know, you get older, just things start falling off, right? Uh, and I've even had people, you know, uh, even in my church that have said, well, you just wait till you get older. Mm -hmm. They've said that, you know, and I'm thinking, but that's really nice. Thank you, you know, uh, and um, I appreciate that. Uh, and so... Uh, because they were wishing that, you know, I would feel the pain that they're experiencing, you know, and have some compassion towards them. And I am not an un un uncompassionate person. I don't think, well, you know, if you just had faith, you'd get over those things. I mean, 
Uh, have you ever heard me say anything like that? You know, well, you know, if you were if, if you really love God, you know, he would heal you. But apparently you don't love God enough to him. I mean, there's no I would never say that. Right. That's so dumb. I mean, not only because I don't believe it to begin with. Uh, and so uh, but you just wait till you get older. Well, you just you know, I mean, you're probably going to get to heaven before I will. So you're going to, have to look down from heaven and watch me as I get older. Right. Uh, and so, um, you know, faith like that. So I don't wish any harm on anybody. I mean, you say whatever you want to, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people. When people say things like that against them, they immediately get in in faith. Oh, I don't receive that at all. I don't receive that at all. It's like, I'm not afraid. You say whatever you want to. I don't care. My faith is is not in what you say or don't say about me. You know, but you ever seen people react like that? Oh, don't say that against me, brother. Don't say that. I I don't receive that at all. I mean... That, I mean, it sounds like fear to me, right? You know, I'm not afraid of nothing. They're like, whatever, you know, say whatever I want to. I don't care. It doesn't affect my faith, you know, and you can't put a hex on me. You know, uh, you know there was one time when, when people came to Brother Hagin and said, oh, we heard that these witches, they're going to put a curse on you. They're going to put a hex on you. And, and Brother Hagin said, let them put all the hexes. It ain't going to affect me at all. You know, he didn't say, oh, I don't receive no, I don't receive no hexes or I don't receive no witches curses at all. You know, curse all you want to. You know, no plague comes nigh my dwelling. Um, what, what's wrong with the church? You know, we're not afraid of the devil. We're not afraid of people saying things. And we're not afraid of church people who don't hook up with your faith. Well, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, you know. Well, I don't need to work for everybody. I only need to work for me. Uh, and so uh, it's uh, uh, because Deuteronomy 28 covers everything. Yeah. And if it covers everything, then I'm good. Uh, if you're not happy with that, that's not my problem, right? And if all the witches, in, you know, want to put a hex on you, it ain't, you know, whatever, you know, yawn. I mean, it's not even, oh, I better go home and, you know, sprinkle some holy water on all my stuff, you know, and just make sure, you know, got to wash everything down and, you know, and, and uh, cast all the devil out of everything. And uh, that's just fear, right, in, in, uh, with the appearance of being faith. Uh, and so, uh, so how many sicknesses have we been redeemed from? All of them. All of them. Amen. So, uh, and, you know, you can use that for your faith. You know, if that sickness rises up, you say, Sickness, and you can call it by name, whatever it is, you know, it's you're part of the curse. And I've been redeemed from the curse. So I am not required to ever have another day with you in my life. Yes, and yes. you can talk. You remember, Jesus talked to the fever, right? He rebuked the fever, yes, right? You can talk to your sickness and disease. I know it's not yours, but the sickness and disease that's attacking your body. Yeah. You can talk to it because it's in this natural realm. It has the capacity to hear faith. Uh, and so you can talk to it. You know, cancer, you leave, right? Yeah. Headache, you leave, right? Yeah. Arthritis, you leave. Uh, and uh, I remember I was. This is years ago, this is, I mean, this 10, 10, 10 or more years ago, I was mowing my yard and, and uh, my, both my hands started hurting. I thought, that's really odd, you know, I'm just mowing my yard, right? And the hands are not hurt. And, and then uh, I believe it was the Spirit of the Lord just gave me the revelation. Well, that's arthritis. I'm like, oh, well, that's arthritis. Well, then I don't, I'm not required to have you. You get off me in the name of Jesus, arthritis. I spoke to the arthritis and it went away. Uh, and so... You know, you can talk to these things. I am no, uh, not in any fear about these things at all. Amen. Uh, and so, because they all are listed there in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Yes. And if they're all listed, then I'm good. I'm golden. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, uh, we've only got three questions. You guys want to do the three questions for chapter, chapter 8 here? We'll get a whole, a whole chapter in one day. Can you believe that, right? I mean, it's, uh, what's that? Oh, uh, uh, have you all answered your question? Have you answered your question? For you? All right, there you go. <laughs> she got a little under. She's the A student, right? This, uh, uh, I'm going to pass out a test one of these days, right? Uh, and so, uh, question number one says, "For sickness, I've what? Health, and for poverty, I've got what? Wealth, since Jesus has ransomed me." I like that little uh, phrase that the Lord gave to her, right? 
Uh, and she said, disease is what? Death begun, right? And so uh, is death an enemy? It is, right? So, so if disease comes upon you, it's from the enemy because the goal of all disease, small, bigger, anything in between, is death. And so it's an enemy of God. It is not a, a tool of God. It is not a partner with God. It is not uh, something that God uses to help you. It is death, right? And, and until the Lord in, tells us that it's time to go, then we have a right to resist the spirit of death. Amen? Uh, and so uh, what verse tells us that all diseases are included in the curse of the law? Deuteronomy 28, 61. That'd be a good, if you look at my Bible right here, this is Deuteronomy 20, chapter 28. I got 61 underlined right there, right? In fact, over here in the columns, I've got all the curses numbered, right? So we've got number 59, 60, 61. And if you go all the way down to the bottom, it's got, it goes down to 80, 86, 87 curses listed right there, right? And then if you go over to the, uh, all the blessings, uh, let's see, I think we've got 27 verses or so, 27 uh, blessings. Uh, yep, 27 blessings and 87 curses there, right? So in case you're wondering about that. Uh, so that means that there's three times as many curses as there are blessings because the devil is three times as bad as God is good, right? Uh, and so, all right, praise God. Well, that's, that's the end of chapter 8, right? So uh, uh, I know, I don't even know what to do with myself now. We've got to do a whole chapter there. So uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for, for this word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that if it's, if it's a sickness or disease, it's part of the curse. And if it's part of the curse, Father, then it's something that we have been redeemed from 2,000 years ago. And so, Father, we can live free from sickness and disease, every ache and pain, Father, everything that attacks our physical body that tries to bring death, because all disease is death begun. And so, Father, we, we will fight the enemy of death until our last breath on the earth, until you say it's time to come home. And, and Father, until that point in time, we will fight uh, the enemy, Lord. Uh, by faith, according to your word. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. We'll pick up, uh, uh, yeah, chapter 9, uh, Miss Sue, is about uh, the Bible or Christian science, right? And so, uh, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, um, uh, Dr. Yeomans had gotten involved in Christian science uh, in part of her desires to, to get cured, right? Uh, and so come ahead, Mr. Jared, we'll receive uh, this afternoon's offering. And, um, you know, what they believe is just kind of, it's just loony, right? I mean, uh, but uh, it's way out there. You know, uh, uh, the founder of our church, Ellen White, who we consider a prophet, yeah. she talks about, uh, about Christian science. Prophet, yeah, really? Yeah, she said that she was under the influence of Satan when she wrote that. And she didn't do it in a nasty way, but she's starting the church at around the same time. Right, right. Because they were contemporaries, right? Uh, when she started it, and uh, yeah. The person who started Christian Science, right? Not not uh, Ellen White. <laughs> it was started by Mary Baker Eddy. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 loony, you know. And the thing for me, and, I, and we'll go, but for me, you know, the Bible is so consistent throughout the whole word of God and the plan of redemption is so, so well executed. You know, I don't know how any intelligent person couldn't appreciate how many great things the Lord has done for us. They got to go outside and get these loony ideas that don't even make any sense. Right. And, and I mean, they, you know, when we get into a little bit, because in, in her day, 
Christian science was a big thing, was a big thing, right? Anybody ever come across Christian science people today? I mean, it, it's 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 still around, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it was. You know, uh, it's kind of died off some. Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably taken over by a lot of New Age stuff. They just rebrand everything and just the same stuff, just uh, reheated up, right? It's all just micro, microwave theology, right? They just reheated it up. Uh, and so, and it's not any good, right? You, you heat up things in the microwave sometimes, it's just chewy and tough, right? And um, that's the way their doctrine is, it's chewy and tough. It doesn't make any sense. So, uh, but praise God, we'll um, come back, we'll look at that. I think it's helpful to look at some other things um, because you're going to come across people like this on occasion, even if it's not specifically Christian science. But, uh, you know, one lady I was talking to one time, she said, well, you know, the Bible is, is uh, got a lot of uh, inconsistencies, right? And, and got a lot of contradictions. And normally I just let people go blah, 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 blah. But I said, it's not a single contradiction in the word of God. And it, just because you may think there is and you don't have the understanding to know why it's, it's not a contradiction doesn't mean that it's, it's a contradiction, right? And you're just not smart enough to understand why it isn't one. Uh, and so but people who, who think they're so smart always try to diminish the word of God. Well, you know, a lot of things like whatever, Janet, you know. So, um, but um, well, you all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, Lord, and you're dismissed.